Hey guys, welcome back to my Word from God podcast. Welcome back. I'm so excited that you're here with me uh, for this Word from God podcast. Today I'm going to deviate from the series I started, which was called Terrors and Temptations, and start just for Holy Week, um, this Sunday through next Sunday, Easter, um, a series called Don't Miss Your Messiah, Following in the Footsteps of Christ. My hope for you and my hope for even my own heart is that as we look at Jesus' journey from the triumphal entry at Jerusalem all the way to Gethsemane and then to Calvary and then to the grave and then out of it, as we look at what Jesus did and said along his journey, I pray that our hearts and my hope is that your heart would be just shocked at the powerful love that God has for you. And also the powerful love that God wants you to share with others who don't know him. Again, um, this teaching is called Don't Miss Your Messiah, Following in the Footsteps of Christ. I will be looking today at the triumphal entry of Jesus found in Matthew chapter 21. And I'm not really preaching. I just want to talk about it. I just want to talk through it. And uh, and my, my goal is that all of our minds would be opened up, including my own to the powerful truths that God said, um, that Jesus said during this journey. So the first thing I'm going to do is pray, and then we'll just dive in. And uh, as always, please like, share, comment, subscribe, not for me, just so that more people can hear the hope of God's word and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Father, we love you. Um, We glorify you today as holy Your name is holy. Yahweh, you're the great I am. And I know that you have a plan and a purpose for everyone who hears this message tonight or whenever they hear it. And so, God, in the authority of the name of Jesus, we just ask that you would give um, us clarity to determine and decipher the truth and to walk in the truth. And, Jesus, we know that when we're close to you and your spirit, that we find truth, because you said you were the way, you were the truth, you were the life, and that no man comes to the Father but through you. Lord, you've also given us this Holy Spirit that you've regenerated our hearts with so that we can be led into truth. Lord, your word says that the Spirit will lead you into all truth. So this um, afternoon for me, God, I pray that your truth would go out, that it would convict, that it would strengthen that it would encourage, and Lord, maybe that it would, it would even save somebody from the lostness that they may find themselves in today. God, we glorify you. Jesus, you are our king. We say Hosanna in the highest today as we welcome you into our hearts as our king and ask that your word be rightly divided today. In the name of Jesus, amen. And so, guys, I want to... Take a moment here just to look at Matthew chapter 21. But before I actually go on and look at that, Jesus in Matthew chapter 20 said this. 
in verse 18. Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will kill him and condemn him. They will deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify, and the third day he will rise again. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 20, has just told his apostles that he's going to die, that he's going to rise from the dead. He's, he's spelled it out in black and white for them to see exactly what he's going to do. They still didn't get it. So often we're just like that. We hear the truth and we don't get it. But then he goes on and, and he gives them instructions. I'm going to start in Matthew chapter 21 in verses, or in verse 1. It says, Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt. They laid their clothes on them and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. It's interesting to see that Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the hope of all the world, the one who said, I'm the vine, you're the branches, I'm the door, I'm the good shepherd. The one who had just in Matthew 20 said that I'm going to die and rise again, then goes to Jerusalem where he should have been reigning as king and he rides in on a donkey's colt. We're going to go to verse 1 and we're going to break down what Jesus did, and we're going to talk about why it's significant. He says, when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, however you say that, at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. Now, that's actually interesting to me because in this moment, the apostles again are having to trust the word of this Jesus who because he's God, knows that there's a donkey's colt in the village opposite to them, and he sends his apostles to go get this donkey's colt. And then he goes on and he says, and if anyone should say anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. See, this tells me that as God is working his plan for our good and his glory out in our lives, that he's preparing one person. He's preparing one person that has a donkey or one person that, that has a gift to give it 
so that all of the kingdom of God can benefit. And in this case, it's interesting to see that that was a donkey. The lowliest animal that a man could ride in on. He was preparing the heart of the owner of the donkey should the owner of the donkey even question I hope my heart gets set prepared to serve Jesus with whatever I have, to be a good steward of whatever I have. He says the Lord has need of them, not just a Lord or a rich man or a king. He says the Lord, one true God essentially, has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you. Jesus was actually showing himself to be king as he sent his apostles to get this donkey's colt, as he prepares to ride in it into the city and ride on this donkey's colt. What we're seeing here is actually the king of all kings declaring his, his kinghood, his, his authority by riding in on this donkey, because you see, if they knew the word at all, they would know that Zechariah said to tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. We know that Jesus emptied himself, that he left his glory and the riches of heaven to become a lowly servant. The first way he did that, we see, was at Bethlehem, where God literally stepped straight out of glory and into flesh, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We know that the Word said He was lowly and He was not um, attractive, really, that anyone should even want Him. So consistently, as the Jews are looking for someone to rule, someone to reign, Jesus consistently is disappointing the scribes and the Pharisees because they want a big, strong leader to come sit on a human throne, on an earthly throne, but Jesus had such a bigger plan. And his plan was not to sit on a, on a man's throne, was not to sit in an earthly environment, was not to rule from, from an earthly perspective. His plan was to show us, his church, to be that in order to be great in the kingdom of God, you have got to become a servant. That in order to become great in the kingdom of God, that you have got to humble yourself. And if Jesus humbled himself to the point of death, even death on the cross, as we'll see on Friday, then how much more should we, who are not the perfect matchless son of God, how much more should we humble ourselves? And so I guess if I, if I was going to call it a point number one, it would be this. Jesus rode in humbly the first time. Jesus rode in humbly the first time. Lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples go, they do exactly what Jesus told them to do. They brought the donkey and the colt, they laid their clothes on them, and then set Jesus on the donkey. 
And it's interesting to me that as Jesus rides in on this donkey, the people are going wild. People will jump on a bandwagon. You see, this is the guy that has been healing their, uh, their sicknesses, healing their diseases. He's been uh, showing up and, and, and teaching them truth and feeding their souls. And now they're on board. They've, been, they've seen him cast out demons. They've seen him uh, do things that were only possible by God. He's even forgiven sin. He's turned water into wine in the very beginning. And now they know him to be this outward earthly leader that has power over the elements. He can tell, he can tell the sea to be still. He can tell Satan to sit down or leave. And so they're ready to see him do this to Rome. And as their praise goes up, this is what they say. This is what happens. He says, a great multitude spread their clothes on the road, a sign of respect and worship. Others cut down palm branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I want to stop right there for just a minute to talk about what that means. Hosanna means it's, a, it's an expression of adoration. It's an expression of praise. It's saying, praise you, son of David. Praise be to the son of David. We adore the son of David. Then he says, blessed, they say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They had so much right at this point. They knew that Jesus was the Messiah. They believed it, that he was coming in the name of the Lord. And they say, Hosanna in the highest. And what that means is highest praise. That song, we give you the highest praise. You deserve it all. You deserve it all. We see this here from the same, from the same crowd that in a few chapters is going to be essentially putting this man on the cross. And it says this. And when he had come into Jerusalem... All the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitudes said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. And I want to just talk you guys through what happens next in this story, in this journey, from his triumphal entry into Jerusalem all the way um, up to the Passover in Gethsemane and the cross. At this point, this happy, excited crowd cheering wildly is about to see a new side of Jesus. He goes from here, and then he cleanses the temple by saying, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And we know that um, the blind and the lame then came to Jesus, and he healed them right there in this temple. But when the chiefs and priests and scribes, the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant and said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you never read out of the babes, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. The word says in verse 17, then he left them and he went out of the city to Bethany and he lodged there. Well, next we see Jesus cursing a fig tree, and then he gives the parable that says, essentially, 
If you have faith and you do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to this fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask and pray, believing, you will receive. Now, as always, when Jesus acts on his authority, he's questioned. And he goes through speaking to the Pharisees and speaking to the crowds. He gives them and he speaks to them the parable of the two sons. And then he, then he gives them the parable of the landowner. And then he gives the parable of the marriage feast. And he has conflict after conflict after conflict. Preaches and teaches the powerful words of God all the way from Matthew 22 all the way through Matthew 26, and then we see that he finishes his preaching. He's talked about heaven. He's talked about the scribes and Pharisees. He's talked about so many different things. He's given so many parables. And then in, verse, or in Matthew 26, we see that Jesus finds himself once again telling his apostles what's going to happen. He says the Passover is coming, and I'm going to be delivered up to be crucified. And so what I want to focus on today, we could, we could go through the whole book of Matthew and it would be great. But what I want to go back to and focus on for just a second and pull a few truths out of is Matthew 21. This is more of an application for our lives and our hearts during this time as we get ready to see Jesus move in our own homes. And I know we're not around our church families this Easter, and it's so different, and it's so hard, and it even kind of stresses us out to think that I, I can't even worship Jesus with the body. And so this is what my heart and my hope is for you, that you'll take away from this something that you can use in your life. And these are the things, these are a few of my takeaways from just kind of the introductory talk about this week. My first takeaway is this. God knows where everything you need is, even if you're not there yet. He knew where the donkey was even before the donkey was ever being ridden. He knows the people he's going to send to complete the task that it's going to take to fulfill his promise in your life. Jesus is in control of it all. He is not stressed out about making ends meet for you. So believe him. And know that he's omnipotent, he's all-powerful, that he's all-knowing, he's omniscient, that he has uh, the whole world in his hands, that in him all things consist and have their being. That he is creator, author, founder of your faith and your hope, and that he has not lost any of his strength. And if he needs to say in your life, go get a donkey and bring it to me, or, or if he needs to tell somebody else to go, to go get the funds that you need and bring them to you, he is able to do it. If it's faith that you're lacking today, ask for faith and then trust in his word. Believe whatever your need is. Well, I lost my job because of the coronavirus. Or I lost uh, uh, someone I love. Whatever you are going through, let me tell you this today. God is there. He promised he would never leave. He would never forsake you. If his eye is on the sparrow, how much more is it on you? 
First takeaway, God knows what you need. He knows what the kingdom of God needs as a whole. He is, it is never lost on him what to do. Second takeaway, we have got to humble our hearts before the God of all creation, the God of glory. We've got to humble our hearts and say, Jesus, however, I have to go reach people. Help me to do it. Help me to do it. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I offer my praise as a sacrifice. He says, and if anyone says anything to you, you shall say the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All of this was done that it might, be, it might fulfill the prophecy which was spoken by the prophets, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you lowly, and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. The next takeaway is this. He is not going to come back on a donkey again. No, in fact, we see in Revelation that he's going to come back riding a white horse to claim his bride, to win victory for you and win victory, final victory for me. And that the hope that we have today in this season of maybe us riding around on donkeys or this season of us not knowing what's going to happen or this season of us maybe having to really step up and carry our cross all the way to our Calvary, whatever that looks like for you in your life, my encouragement to you is don't stop in the good times. Don't stop in the bad times. In this moment, Jesus knew what was coming, and he still rode there, and he still accepted the praise. He was worthy of it. So I'd say this. Even if they're screaming your name, keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on the goal. The goal for Jesus was to redeem us. The goal for us is to make disciples. Keep your eye on that. Don't forget that your king rode in on a donkey in meekness and that he wants you to be like him. And he's conforming us and he's transforming our mind and he's making us into his image and into his likeness. And he has a plan and a purpose for you and for me. So know today that his plan is still the plan. And then I would say this, this crowd worshipped Christ when it was easy to do so. They worshipped him when, all, when everyone was worshipping him. We'll see in a few chapters, we'll see in a few days that they stopped worshipping and started to throw stones. They stopped worshipping and they ripped his beard out because he wasn't doing what he, they wanted him to do. He wasn't the Messiah they were looking for. They missed their Messiah. So to go all the way back to beginning, from the be to the beginning, what I said was don't miss your Messiah. Don't miss your hope. The praises are still correct. Hosanna to the Son of David. All praise, all adoration, all glory to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, who is this? My last takeaway for, for you today and for myself is this. Don't just praise Jesus when everyone else is praising Jesus. 
He's not just worthy of our praise when the whole crowd is shouting his name. In fact, you're probably going to find yourself in a situation where people are questioning if he is worthy of praise. And those around you are going to start to fall off just like they did when Jesus got close to the cross, when he got close to our redemption, close to even the enemy wanting to destroy him. People fell away. Even his apostles ran and hid. It's my encouragement and our, our goal in life, I think, is this. Our goal is to praise Jesus and to give him all the glory that we have to give him and all the glory that he deserves, even when we're the only ones doing it. He has, this, he has triumphed over sin. He's triumphed over death. He's triumphed over Satan and the grave. Today is the day that we choose to say, Jesus, I want to serve you with my heart and my life. I want to give you every part of me. I want to walk in praise. I want to put on garments of praise. I want to get, give away and, and get rid of this spirit of heaviness. And So wherever you are today, know this. Jesus is calling you and challenging you, I believe, to praise him. My last thought is this. What does your praise look like right now? What are you giving your highest praise to? Are you following in the footsteps of Jesus? Are you walking through everyday life and, and missing the things that your Messiah wants you to do? Or are you even missing him? Are you missing the the nudge of his spirit to speak to people or to do more in his kingdom or to go further with the gospel or to be obedient simply to share it or are you hiding your gift under a bushel as the word says or are you hiding your ability to sing or to play an instrument or are you using that for something other than Jesus and are you unwilling to go further for Jesus now here's the thing I'm not saying this as if I've never been there but Jesus wants to use all of you to bring people to his hope and to the gospel and to bring him glory. He has offered to you today himself as a sacrifice on the cross. He's offering to you today hope in his name and a future and a plan. And so don't miss your Messiah. Don't miss your Messiah. Let's follow in his footsteps. And as we go through this week, let's continue to look from the perspective of the crowd around him at what he did for us and what he is doing in us even today. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for um, sharing. Uh, thank you I, wherever you found this podcast. I pray and I hope that you'll share it, that you'll comment, that you'll like it, um, that you'll message me and ask me questions about it or even things that you don't know if you agree with. I want to hear your input and I want to hear your feedback. And so God bless you. I want to close with this um, verse that Jesus said. He said, if anyone would follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Let's follow Jesus wherever he calls us to go this week, next week, this month, this year and for the rest of our lives until we see him face-to-face -face in glory. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to my Word from God podcast. Love you all.